Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Alright, we are back after a bit of an extended hiatus due to the holidays and COVID and no school and all that. It's Elijah, it's Tiger, Talking Buckets is back. We're doing a special holiday episode today. And then starting next week, we will be back on our normal Saturday schedule. Tiger, how you doing? Great, great. It's been a white Christmas and I'm loving it. Yeah, I think it's first uh, white Christmas in Vancouver since uh, 2008. We'll just jump right into the questions. Um, We got a lot to talk about, including my experience at the Bulls versus Lakers game. But I'm going to put that off for a little bit uh, to start because... It's the holidays and things aren't exactly the best right now with COVID restrictions tightening up. Uh, Let's talk about some feel-good stories. Tiger, for you, what is the best feel-good story from the NBA during the holidays? For me, it's got to be your boy, Isaiah Thomas. What he's done so far and he showed that he, he can still play. And recently, he's been rumored that he might sign with the Mavericks again. So... There goes his NBA career back at it again. He got to be thankful for COVID. So that's the yeah. feel good for me. And here's what I got to say about Isaiah Thomas, man. He's been playing nonstop. He's in good shape. He was competing for Team USA during the FIBA tournament, and he was killing it. He's, so he's shown that like, he can still ball. He has the consistency that he used to have. And Lakers picked him up for a 10-day. And that just showed the entire NBA. Like, here's what I got. He earned really, he really earned himself another opportunity in the league. And I believe with this opportunity, he's gonna show that what he's actually capable of. Because you know, we saw Derek Rose come back from injuries, and we we see him drop a 60 points game. And I feel like Isaiah Thomas might just be as motive as, as motivated as he's ever been. So I'm excited to see what that feel good story if it's gonna feel better or not in the future, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm really happy he's back for sure. And he put up some solid stats in some of his games. Like, it took him a couple of games to get. So it was a 10-day contract that he got signed to. Um, and he got playing time, but really didn't do that much with the first two games, which I think was against San Antonio and then Phoenix. Um, but against Chicago and Minnesota, he put up 13 and 19 points, respectively, on um, almost 50% shooting and had multiple three-pointers in both those games. The Minnesota game, he got to the line nine times, which for someone his size is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I think he's more than warranted another shot. I'm curious. I don't know how much you'll ha- help the Mavericks, per se, just because, like, they're pretty much... They're, it feels like they're just wasting another season of, like, Luka right now um, and kind of having similar problems to the Lakers, just instead of, like, everyone being old on Los Angeles, it's everyone is like young and watched, I guess. I I don't know. Um, But yeah, I'm curious to see. I don't feel like the Lakers needed to re-sign him just because they've got so many role players that they probably didn't really have room for him if they wanted to keep him. Um, I wonder if any other teams look at him as well. But yeah, I think he's born to another chance. For me, I would have to say 
Kemba Walker coming back into the New York Knicks rotations and putting up a 40-point performance right before Christmas, and then on Christmas dropping a triple-double against the Hawks. Yes, the Hawks were depleted, uh, but it's great to see Kemba balling again. He was kind of healthy scratch for almost a month. Yeah, from November 30th, November 27th. Um, from November 27th to the 16th of December, he was a healthy scratch. And then since then, he's had starters minutes and putting up, again, like good stats. Um, and it feels good. You know, Walker's a New York kid. So happy to see him getting some playing time again. Knicks definitely need it right now, too. Here's what I think. I think Campbell Walker, what happened to him earlier, it just, you know, maybe maybe he was in bad form, but I think it's like, the team didn't really give him the role that he wanted, but now he's able to take over and he's able to show up what he's capable of here and there, here and there. But let's just say recently he didn't have the best games, but let's just be honest. He is a baller and he can, he definitely has a role in the entire league. Yeah. Um, and they desperately need his production right now. Cause I'm just going to pull up the NBA standings quickly, but I don't think the Knicks are in the playoff picture. And it kind of just feels for them right now, like the classic like Kibito season where it's like, oh, like the first season they over exceed expectations and then he runs everyone in the ground and then they get worse and worse until he gets fired. Um, right now, the Knicks are in the 10 seed tied with the Celtics mm. for that with the nine and just behind them are the Hawks and the Raptors. There's still a little bit of weirdness with the standings, um, like the Cavs being fifth, the Hornets being seventh. Um Wizards have kind of fallen down to earth a bit after their super hot start. Maybe they weren't going to make it. Okay, my prediction is coming to more and more into pictures now. I think by the halfway point, I'll probably have like a pretty good idea of who's like the contenders and pretenders for the most parts because everyone's played like, what, 30 to 35 games yep. depending on COVID. Um, I also want to give a shout out in terms of a feel-good story. ISO Joe Johnson back in the NBA, mainly oh, yes. because the Celtics are totally depleted right now. But as someone who didn't really watch that much basketball during his era, it kind of it, it's pretty cool to see him back. And he had like that one jumper that he hit that was like classic, like 2000 style basketball. Um, so I'm definitely happy for him too to see him back in the NBA. I don't think he'll be around long. Like it's very clearly for Joe Johnson, just like a temporary thing. Um, but still, it's pretty cool, especially for you, Tiger, as a Celtics fan. Elijah, we, the Celtics drafted him, and you may know him as Joe Johnson. I know him as G.G. Johnson. I saw Joe, baby. Oh, you remember uh, the last thing he I could think of him think of him that's related to the Celtics is like when he dropped pop ears and hit that jumper. That was a highlight play, man. That was a highlight play. Uh, yeah. Even though Paul Pierce wasn't on the Celtics at the time, but he was on he was on Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. Damn, that was uh, it didn't make him look good. But yeah, I'm so happy to see him back in the league. And I got a question for you, Elijah. Are we gonna see more of these veterans coming back? J.R. Smith said he's available. Jamal Crawford's interested. Maybe Jeremy Lin. Even what do you think? This COVID thing's got everybody messed up. So are we gonna see I, more I, veterans I think it back? Happen. I don't. I'm not, I think it could happen depending on how much longer the COVID stuff goes for. I, who is that? I think it was Michael Beasley that also wants to come back. Um, yes, sir. 
But yeah, it really comes down to how long Omicron is uh, sticking around for. It seems really like the only, honestly, the only team that hasn't got COVID, I think, in any way is the Jazz. And that's mainly because like Utah, Utah and Salt Lake City, it's not exactly like a high density area. Yeah, it's not populated. Yeah, it's not well populated, but um, they're the only team, I think, that hasn't had any form of a COVID outbreak and pretty much everyone's dealing with it. I would love to see Jeremy Lin come back for sure. I like you know, it's not going to be like Lin Sanity again, but like he's been given the short end of the stick a couple times, for sure. Uh, here's what I think. Do you know why the Jazz hasn't got any COVID cases? Why? Because Rudy Gobert already gave everyone COVID once. <laughs> that, that's true. So yeah. they are all got the antibody. You know, ever since Cody Cody Rubert got it, like everyone else got it, man. Yeah. Then you know they're fine now. They're they're the best team. They're the most prepared for COVID because everyone's yeah. They they were playing the long <laughs> game for sure. Well, who's happy? Um, Look at them. Yeah. Right. And then one more story I just want to give a shout out to. Um, I believe during the holiday season, Steph Curry passed Ray Allen for the most three-pointers made in regular season NBA history. Um, and just yesterday or the day before, he also hit his 3,000th career three-pointer. Um, we knew this one was coming. It was just a matter of when, not if, but still like pretty cool to see like Curry like officially have like greatest shooter of all time now. Um, and honestly, it's just a matter of like what the record is gonna be. Like, I think he could maybe hit. Oh, like, he, he could hit four thousand threes. Honestly, easy. He, he's not stopping the way he plays. He's gonna be productive for ages. He, even the one day that he can't move anymore, he's still gonna be a great spot up shooter. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that number. I don't think anyone is gonna pass that. No, no one's gonna yeah. pass that. Guys, um, our audience, we're witnessing history right now. Ever since 2012, 2013, since the Warrior Dynasty started, we are witnessing history. If yeah. you can't steal, go watch Curry play in person. Oh, yeah. 100%. And uh, speaking of watching games in person, uh, I had the privilege to go to Chicago over the holiday season and watch them host the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I was a bit nervous about going to the game because their two prior games got canceled because of COVID, but luckily the Lakers game did not, and it ended up being a hell of a game. So I'm happy to answer any questions you got, Tiger, about my experience at my first ever NBA game. They will never cancel a Bulls Lakers game, you know, too much money on that. Yeah, that's like prime time. Yeah. So tell me. Uh, I want to know about the COVID protocols. What is like, like before you got your tickets in your hand, you're going into the gates. Like, what was that like? So to be clear, while I was in Chicago, um, well, first off the, for the most part in the States, the COVID restrictions, they're not as tight as they are in uh, BC and Canada. Um, With that being said, United Center was the only place I went to during my week and a half in Chicago where I needed to be vaccinated. Um, but even then it was like different, like in BC right now, you need to have like your vaccine passport on your phone and they scan it and like your ID to make sure it's legit. Um, at the United center, they just asked for your proof of vaccination. And I actually didn't even use my provincial one. I used my, uh, national vaccination passport because you need that one to fly. Um, so I used that and like, they just looked at it for like one second and we're like okay you're good and then Mm -hmm. my girlfriend that I was with she had like a physical vaccination card or whatever 
but it's like similar to like the ones you get at the clinics like it's not like a government piece it's like a right. it's a rich thing but she had it laminated um and they just looked at it for like one second they're like okay hey, you're good and uh yeah aside from that and like needing a mask it was pretty chill for the most part so as soon as you walk in the gate, what do you see? What do you feel? Because the United Center, outside, you see the Jordan statue and all that probably. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you um, get a picture? So I, d- I didn't get a picture of the Jordan statue. That was the one thing I did not get a picture of. I did get a picture of uh, the six finals trophies that the Bulls won with Jordan because they have those on display in the uh, somewhere in the lower bowl. Um, so we got there to the game early, and, like, I – like drag my girlfriend around like walking places because i was like so excited i was like a dog like i didn't know what to like look at because like i've never been to this type of experience um but getting to see the trophies in person for sure was super cool i got a couple pictures of that um there's also the arena was dressed more for the bulls but they also host the blackhawks so there was some stuff for them as well um and it's a really cool arena. I will say there were a bit more uh, road fans than I was expecting, but that's mainly because it's the Lakers and it's <laughs> LeBron. Like, no matter where you go, there's always going to be that for any kind of road game with them. Um, but it was really cool. And it was packed in there. I think Chicago's averaging one of the highest. I think Chicago's averaging one of the highest attendances uh, this season. And it felt like around like 19, 20,000 people in there. Very few empty seats um if it wasn't for masks like people would think that it was pre-covid so when you're down there in the games among all the people and you hear the jumbotron saying defense and you hear the tens and twenty thousands of people saying defense how did it make you feel how did oh it it was awesome i think one thing I was not ready for is just how different of an environment an NBA game is compared to anything else I've been to. Like in Vancouver, we've got the Canucks, we've got uh, the Lions, which are a football team, uh, the Whitecaps, which are a soccer team. And I've even been to like some minor league, like Vancouver Canadians baseball games in the past. Um, about, I've never been, aside from like Harlem Globetrotters when I was like a little kid, to an actual basketball game before um totally different atmosphere in terms of like the jumbo first off the jumbo trown is always like loud as fuck like they're always playing music on it um really interactive stuff with the crowd the crowd in general is just like constantly everyone around me every play was like being reacted to no matter what it's like a consistent chatter among the crowd it was great like by the end of the game it's like everyone's like standing like no one's sitting in their seats because the game came down to the last shot i think yeah yeah it came down to the last shot and then like they shot some free throws and that was it but the bulls won the final score was 115 to 110 um the only notable players missing from that game was levine was was in covid protocol and then davis is dealing with an mcl injury i think but everyone else was there DeRozan had 19 points in the fourth quarter in his first game back from covid and hit the go-ahead shot for good so it was awesome seeing DeRozan. LeBron also had a great game. Uh, I think he had like 36 points or something like that. Did you feel like a special Canadian connection when you watched DeRozan play? Be like, hey, y'all just watching DeRozan play because he plays for your team. I'm watching him play after he played like eight years in the Raptors. But do you feel like a special connection? Oh, yeah, like 100%. Like it's different. Like yeah, y'all like, just watching him this way, I'm watching him this I, way. I, when I did start watching basketball, it was like during like the beginning of like the Lowry and DeRozan years. 
Um, so I watched that team grow up all the way to like when they traded DeRozan for Kawhi and then the Raptors won the championship. Um, DeRozan was a really good player while we were here and like arguably like a top, he's, he's a top five Raptor all time for sure. Um, and maybe it's cause he was playing for San Antonio and like the Spurs, like were kind of in a transition phase while he was here, but under Popovich, he definitely took some steps forward as an all around player. And I think this Bulls team is probably the best team he's ever been on. Yes. And like, I think Levine is like the true leader of that team, but it's definitely a one, a one B scenario with DeRozan as your one B. He is such a complete player for, for the most part, even his three point shooting, like he doesn't shoot many threes. I don't think he even attempted a three um, during the Bulls Lakers game, but when he does shoot threes, like they're, they're good now. Um, and his mid range game. Oh man. It, it like, you watch him and you understand why he gets like the Kobe light comparisons. He could not miss during the fourth quarter. Like I said, 19 points. Um, I think he hit his first four or five shots of the fourth quarter to start. He had the go ahead shot, the go ahead shot itself. I got a great video. So he went to go drive for a layup and he got like swatted by LeBron. And I on the video was like freaking out. Cause I like just saw like a, hundred percent legit like LeBron James at a nowhere block and then DeRozan got the ball back after a couple passes and hit a mid-range jumper over him with like a minute left to put them up for good so DeRozan was by far probably my favorite player to watch there and even my girlfriend was like telling me afterwards she was like that guy is so good and I was like yeah, out of Compton oh. here's what I think about DeRozan man I think the Bulls situation is the best situation he's ever been Raptors, he was the number one choice. Spurs, he wasn't getting, getting nowhere. Uh, but this team, he's a contender. He's like a, not a number one option, but he's there to provide buckets, which, which is exactly what he's good at. You can't be the number one option and be only scoring twos and only playing iso ball. But in his team situation, it's perfect for him. He can yeah. get his bucket. He can score twos occasionally, threes here and there. And he doesn't have to take the full responsibility put the entire team on his back. He's not the offensive focus. If he's not feeling well today, you can pass a lot to someone else. You know, you got Zach Levine, you got Lonzo Ball. He, this is a complete team. as well. And, yeah, and he's really involved. Like, the way he's involved in the team, I think I think it's the best one, best situation he's ever been in so far. Yeah, and I think Levine helps him a lot, too. Like, honestly, they're pretty similar players with the exception of Levine preferring to shoot more threes and DeRozan shoot preferring to shoot like more like mid-range and long-range twos um but them both being able to shoulder each other's like scoring load is pretty great and then combine that with like a true point guard in Lonzo having a pretty good big man in Vucevic like the Bulls are the two seed right now a game and a half back of the Nets and I think like your clear top four at this point in the east are the Nets Bulls Bucks and Heat the second round of the playoffs this year is going to be a bloodbath. And I'm just curious to see like who ends up at what seed. Cause I think all of them match up with each other differently. And I don't think any of the three of them, I don't think any of them like easily beat the other three. Like all of them have a bad matchup between the other three teams that they're with. Um, I also want to give a shout out to LeBron. Um, I already mentioned it, but he had like a 30 point game. He, it was awesome to watch him. He gets the, basket so easily when he wants to he's not um, even, it looks like he's not even trying yeah 
Carmelo Anthony, I think Carmelo hit seven threes during the game I was at. And he had one where like he did like this spin around move and like everyone was like freaking out when he like hit it. Um, Melo had a good game. Russell Westbrook had his usual amount of uh, turnovers, but he had a couple nice plays. Um, and yeah, just overall, it was a 10 out of 10 experience. And honestly, it just kind of makes me jealous that we don't have a team anywhere near us anymore. Like the nearest city to us with the team is Portland, which is eight hour drive away, I think. Um, and the only Canadian team is Toronto, which is a five hour flight. So I, whether it's here or Seattle, like I miss the fact that I don't have like easy access to an NBA game anymore. <laughs> Just be glad that you saw several Hall of Famers play. Yeah, no, that was a once in a lifetime experience for sure. A hell of a way to see like my first game. Sticking with the Lakers, we got to talk about them again because it just seems like every week they are more and more dysfunctional. Uh, they finally won a game against the Houston Rockets uh, yesterday, but that was like they barely won because they had a crap ton of turnovers and that was coming off a five game losing streak, which included the loss against the Bulls that I was at um anthony davis is gone right now because of an mcl injury uh there's a few other rotation pieces missing because of covid but like that's pretty much every team for the most part throughout this though um lebron has been playing really well he leads all players in scoring over the last nine games uh consistently putting up 30 points on like 50 percent shooting averaging I think it's average over the last nine games to be specific is like 28, seven and seven or something like that, which is absurd for someone who's turning 37 in a few days. Um, but at the same time, he kind of handcrafted this team together. And if you want to talk about like GM, not that LeBron is like the GM, but like, let's be real. He obviously has influence on this kind of stuff. Uh, so he's definitely partly responsible. He signed off on the trade. So Tiger on a scale of one to 10, how bad do you feel for LeBron's situation, given how hard he's been carrying the Lakers the past couple of weeks? The fact he's been carrying the Lakers, I'm not surprised. I always knew like someone built like him, this big, this fast, this skilled, is always going to dominate in the league. That's like Magic Johnson, man. When he came back from, from A's, he, he was dominating the league as well. So players like that are built different, and they will always be a force that you cannot stop. Do I feel bad about him? No, you, you made those signings yourself, man. You got to be responsible for what, what you did. You, you, you pass on Chris Dunn, you pass on all these players, you traded away all the young guns, Ingram Lonzo. You got yourself into this place. I know EK, you got to pay for being in Space Jam and all that, but you know, this is, this is your, your Thanos and, and AD, Westbrook, Melo, these, they're your Infinity Stone, man. And come on, man, you just, too bad you can't snap your finger on a scale of one to ten i'm going to give lebron a three with one being the worst i will give him an additional point for anthony davis being injured right now and i'll give him a third point for westbrook's bad play and his turnover issues but other than that like he pretty much signed off on this team being the way it is um he's 37 like most players aren't playing at this age and if they are like they're not putting up this type of stats that he is so sure they're wasting his performances but like it's hard to feel bad for goat players like there's a reason why players start cheering there's a reason why people start cheering against like greats like kobe and like even in like another sport like tom brady or whatever because people get sick of your greatness um 
And honestly, like, I'd love to see LeBron do well in the playoffs again, but it, it would be a bit repetitive. Um, and I think also, too, like, everyone's dealing with COVID. He had an interview where he said, like, everyone's dealing with COVID right now except the Suns and Warriors and Jazz, and that's why they're the top three teams. And it's like, that wasn't even true because the Suns and the Warriors are now dealing with COVID stuff as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I feel, like, a little bad for him, but not to the point where like it's legit i'll give i'll give him a three i'll give him yeah around the around the same agreed mm-hmm. it's just tough too because like i don't even know like what they can do to get out of this situation because their stand their season is salvageable um i'm looking at the standings right now and they are the seven seed mm-hmm. but the record ain't good yeah but with one game they're just one game back of the five seed Here's what I think. Like the team they got right now, the way they gotta sal- salvage it is to play better. They got like if you want to trade away some players, the players they got, they got not as much trading value as you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's injury prone. LeBron's old. Rondo's old. Russell Westbrook's old. Horton. No one wants Horton. You know, it just, it does not look like like the only way for them to revive themselves is to figure it out. And have all the veterans play together because yeah. if they don't like you know maybe ad has some value but the rest of the players they have no value in trades and that's a scary thought yeah honestly like not like uh if i had to trade either westbrook or anthony davis i'd rather trade anthony davis I don't think I don't I really don't think he's that much of a floor raiser. Like you look at this season, he is not the type of guy who can like raise like a team's floor like to like the point where he can just drag a team. Um he's he's ha- yes, he's a top 75 NBA player. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but he's he's a great player, but he's not like he's not someone like a Curry or a Giannis or a Durant or a LeBron that like immediately raises the floor of like any team he's on. And I think just his con, like they both have massive contracts, but Davis is probably easier to move because other teams would want Anthea Davis. No one's going to want Russell Westbrook. So if I'm looking to move a piece, I would maybe rather move Davis. I think he'd probably be pretty upset about the trade, but I think to be better off long-term, like, I don't, I don't know. Does long term even matter with like LeBron declining? Like it's tough. Davis is the only person on that team that will hold some value after this season. I don't think. I don't think trade him right now for who? Unless maybe Lillard. (laughs) We don't know. Maybe. Maybe I I don't know. But if I was looking to trade a player just on the combination of like value and the contract and how excited the team would be to have that type of player, like Davis is the more appealing option even if obviously like davis is technically supposed to be their best player which he's not it's lebron um also like maybe you can fix some like on court issues in terms of like play style like lebron needs to be the primary ball handler westbrook needs to learn how to play off ball like the problem is is like asking lebron to constantly be the ball handler at 37 years old that's a lot both of them have been the main ball, number one ball handler for their entire career. You can't ask either of them to change. It's hard, right? It's going to be like, hard, yeah. And they got Rondo. And you got Melo. Like it's, it's the same thing we've been talking about the entire year. It is, yeah. And it's like, it, it's just hard. Like, it's asking a lot 
for like Westbrook to not be the ball handler. But like at this point in the season, like you got to start just like throwing things at the wall. Like they like LeBron started at the five yesterday against the Rockets and he actually played pretty well. Um, and maybe that's the answer. They just play like small ball, but like, I don't know if they can do that. Like they're, they're asking a lot of LeBron right now. It's, yeah. They're asking too much. And it, we could also be heading towards like a 2017, 18, uh, Cavs style thing where they just blow like half the team up. And it's kind of funny. Like I, I, I know he doesn't, but part of me wonders if like LeBron does this intentionally now just to kind of like make it look like, Oh my God, he's carrying the team. Cause like, this is the second time this has happened with him swinging a trade for a bunch of players that like, hasn't like worked out and it ends up being, he carries until like the trade happens. People need to put some respect on Russell Westbrook's name. That guy's been balling out. He's had a couple bad games here and there, but overall, he's been one of the better performing players on the Lakers. And he's yeah. been carrying when LeBron's gone. So people, stop blaming Russell Westbrook, man. That guy's been balling. Blame everyone else. I think he just needs to take better care of the ball. That's the main thing. Like he puts up like good sides. He, he obviously has stinkers. Like he has like uh, the Nets game or whatever, where he had like a triple double, but it was on 420 shooting and he had a minus 23. Like, that is, like, the epitome of, like, a bad Westbrook game. But most of the time, he's putting up, like, decent stats, aside from the turnovers. If you took the turnovers off of, like, the stat sheet and you looked at everything else, you'd be like, wow, Westbrook's playing pretty well. But when you turn it over five, six, seven times a game, like, consistently, like, it just cancels it out and makes it, like, harder to stomach, right? It looks bad, looks bad, but that sometimes, you know, it's like Kobe, who, who, who would I pass the ball to, you know? Yeah. I think the best way to look at Westbrook to me is like this generation's Allen Iverson. Like both had like insane primes. They're both like pretty controversial players. who got like a lot of hate, like while they were playing at times, both had really steep fall offs. I see like, that's kind of in my mind. Like to me, like Westbrook is like this generation's Allen Iverson. And like, while he was on the thunder or whatever, before Kevin Durant left Westbrook was awesome. Even his first couple seasons after Durant left, like Westbrook, was like a top five debatably top three player in terms of like how much like sheer hype they generated um and i think in retrospect like he will be looked at the way like iverson is looked at right now which is pretty positive perhaps which is positive yeah I, it's tough because it's like i want to talk i don't want to talk about the lakers every week but it's just there's they, they give us so much to talk about all the time but i'm gonna end it there um in terms Perfect. of uh, thinking the same <laughs> right yeah. um in terms of other league drama, um, switching to another, switching to a real contender right now, um, the Brooklyn Nets, they are going to let Kyrie Irving play road games now. Um, he was holding out for the season because he is unvaccinated and the Nets initially did not want him to play at all, but they're now caving in and are going to let him play on the road. Um, how surprised are you that this happened? I'm not. He's going to be back eventually. And he's being in shape, so he's going to do well. And I just think it's about time that he showed up. I think the entire league has been waiting waiting for this moment, and here he is. We've heard the speculation that he's going to play away games, and here it is. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all. I'm actually glad that's going on because ballers like him, you got to keep playing basketball to play sharp. He haven't played for half a season already 
it's the it's time to come come out and prove the doubter and prove the haters wrong. And I think Ben Simmons needs to do that as well. Yeah. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, I don't think I'm that surprised that they're letting Kyrie play again. Although I do think that it's going to be a bit weird. Like if we go to like the playoffs or whatever, and like it's a critical game six or seven in the Eastern Conference Finals and Kyrie's like not there. Um, but I think, I think it was, I would have been shocked if Kyrie didn't play at any point this season at all. With that being said, I am like a little disappointed that not, not much, but I am a little disappointed that the Nets are letting him play again. Um, just cause it kind of feels like weak and mainly just cause also they're dealing with a COVID outbreak right now. And it feels like they kind of only did this because they're like desperate, <laughs> um, and then I think part of it too is because without Kyrie, like the Nets are still one of the top teams, but they're like beatable with a, with him. It kind of feels like the Warriors from like a few years ago. It's it's tough. Um, the other thing too is you already know like Kyrie is going to get voted into the All Star game by fans, guaranteed. He's not going to be in the All Star game because luckily oh, now um it's not just fan voting anymore it's part players and part coaches but you already know Kyrie is going to be a top five vote getter in the eastern conference for all-star voting always yeah um interesting yeah. Stance. yeah i feel like the nets they are definitely a contender if Kyrie is back and playing and every, all the covid thing dies down if there's a bubble again i think that will actually benefit all the players and teams yeah, we have a better, more competitive playoffs because right now, if people keep going into COVID restrictions, anyone can win. Anyone. Yeah, anyone yeah. can win. Anyone can catch COVID at any time, and it, it sucks. I I don't think it'll be like, I don't think it'll be like um last season where people were doing like COVID and injuries. Like it basically just came down to who is the healthiest. There hasn't been as many. It's still early but there hasn't been as many like big injuries so far as it felt like there were last season. So at least there's that. Um, but COVID is definitely going to play a part in the playoffs um, again. And moving along, this is kind of a more fun topic to discuss. Um, there's been renewed interest of a midseason tournament being played in the NBA in future seasons. Um Specifically, the latest incentive seems to be that the winning team, um, each player gets like an additional million dollars on top of whatever they're earning on their contract. Um, but also, too, this doesn't really have any ramifications on the season as a whole. Um, Money, so Brad. What, what are your thoughts on the idea of a midseason tournament? So let me ask you one question first. Do you are you obligated to play for your team? Like for example, I'm on the Lakers, and it's like, is it, is it five on five or three on three? Is it? It's five on it, five. It's basically the exact same. Five. It's the exact same teams. It's the exact same players. Exact same format. It's just a elimination game, a tournament, a elimination style tournament. You winner gets a mail each, and like maybe a like cup. Yeah, yeah. It's basically think of it as like um, a cup. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, in, in like English soccer league, you can win the title and you can also win the FA Cup. Yeah. The FA Cup grants grants you a qualification for your Europa League. European yeah, really. League. Really, the only difference is that um the FA Cup is played between like teams on like a lot of different competitive levels, 
Whereas yeah. like the NBA yeah. is just a 30 NBA team. There's no G League teams competing yeah. for the top. Maybe um, they should have G League teams. Hell, why not? Yeah, I mean that would be very interesting. No, you going that, to that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I want to see. More competition. Maybe you can even add college teams as college team, college players can get paid now. Yeah, and I mean even like the the one how entertaining would that be? Yeah, right. And like even the one million dollar incentive, like yeah, for like your superstars, that's not going to be that much of a difference. But for those end of bench players, like yeah, they're going to play their tails off because a million dollars for them, that's like that could be half or more than half of their contract. Just imagine that. I think that's a great idea. Maybe like a four or five game tournament, like 16, 32 teams, 16 teams, one game, you know, one game decision, just like that. I think that's a perfect idea. But don't just make it NBA players. Make it all the teams across maybe USA, maybe North America. You know, we have our CEBL teams here. Gave them a chance. They're probably going to get wrecked, but still, just you know, we have the local Canadian league, CEBL. They had three players signed to the NBA recently. Yeah, 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 including uh, Moon. Xavier Moon, who's like won a bunch yeah. of MVPs for that league too. He's on the Clippers now. Yeah, so we got the talents. Let's do the matchup. It's gonna give us more exposure. It's gonna show how dominant your team are. Maybe there are gonna be some crazy upsets. Yeah, that'd be it'd be super fun to have a CEBL. Don't, don't you want to see like maybe an NBA team, Brooklyn Nets, where you know maybe a worse one, Charlotte Hornets, going up against the best college team? That's gonna give the college players more exposure as well. Yeah, I, I think that just makes everything more fun instead of just making it the same competitive, same repetitive, you know, same repetitive NBA teams. You know, you're wanting to be the best team in America. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be as fun as winning the. NBA championship, but it's going to mean something. And we're going to see crazy upsets. We're going to see crazy game winners. And maybe we're going to see Yeah, But that's what makes it fun, you know? It's like soccer. Here and there, you see a couple bad teams making it all the way to the quarterfinals or semifinals. Mm -hmm. That's going to more money, more everything. I think it's a woman's situation. If they do a tournament, that's what I think they should do. Yeah, and I mean, like, even if you you add that money incentive too. Like if you ask like an average person, like if they were interested in playing a game of like pickup for a thousand dollars, like they'd be like, hell fucking yeah, I'm interested. So you tip the scales on that. Or if you like really did not want to include any form of like, if you wanted to just stick it within the 30 teams, which would be kind of lame, but it's like, sure, whatever. At least have it have like some playoff implications, like make it so it's like, you're guaranteed at least like a play-in game or like home court advantage in the playoffs or something if you win this tournament to have like yeah. something to actually play for. Make 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 it worth something more than money, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Those Dece- the, the December from like December until the all-star break is definitely like the one part of the season where it kind of feels like a lot of players are just kind of going through the motions. Obviously the start of the season is exciting because everyone wants to prove themselves after the all-star break. That's when the playoff race starts. That's when everything seems to get ramped up. Um, oh, I got, yeah. got to add some kind of incentive for the middle of the season so that it doesn't be, get to a slog. Cause they're not going to like reduce the amount of games, even though, ideally to kind of like fix some issues regarding injuries and fatigue like reducing games is what they should be doing but that would never happen because the nba wants to make as much money as it can as it should i would love to see some type of tournaments that you that's like equivalent to the champions league in football or soccer 
or yeah. to the club world cup where the best clubs in around the world or around the continent compete for something that just gives more possibility you know more fun and but the one thing they need to do to make this tournament happen is to reduce the amount of games they play 82 games is way too much yes it's a lot yeah uh, I reduce totally the part of the plan games. Yeah, make make it make it more global, you know, that's better for the marketing of the sport as well. Oh yeah, like what if you just threw in like the fucking like Shanghai Sharks or something? Exactly. The Club World Cup it doesn't take that long, man. It's just like one game each. And you can see the Los Angeles Lakers against the Shanghai Sharks or like against like you know the Osaka. Osaka, something the team that yeah, robbers like the, when an NBA team travels to another country, it's like a packed stadium, even if it's yeah, like exactly. Detroit versus Houston. Yeah, it doesn't matter what team it is, it's gonna be a packed stadium. So I just think that's dude, that is the preseason games or whatever. Cut the game to like 60 games, 65 games, do a couple more tournaments like that. Right? They yeah. already play, they already play certain games abroad, like they play games in London, they play games in Mexico City. Why not make those games worth something more? play against the local teams or the best team like Real Madrid versus the Lakers. Right. I think, I think, I I think probably if we're going to go international, once the pandemic's over, it's probably when we're going to see like more talks of. uh... I would love to see that one day. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. And the close things that we're going to do our traditional uh, game night pickums. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Normally we do this for the day after we record this. Um, but tomorrow's there's only four games and pretty much all of them, the results on paper should be pretty lopsided. Whereas the Friday slate, which is new year's Eve, there's good games across the board. So we are going to do it for, um, Friday instead. And we're going to start with, um, the first game of the day, Phoenix suns, Boston Celtics, who you got? Uh, woo. it's in Boston yeah I'm gonna pick Boston even though the Suns have been healthy and all that but I just feel like Tatum Tatum goes off against good teams he underperforms mostly but against these good teams where he's on national TV on New Year's Eve that, not New Year's Eve New Year's morning but you know one that's one o'clock yeah their time so you know, it's gonna they're gonna perform, man. That guy's gonna be like, "Hey, I gotta raise my value in front of the national TV on national television." Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I do think that the Suns is uh one of the best teams in the league right now, so they're yeah. definitely very dangerous. If the Celtics win, it's gonna be a very close game. Yeah, I I know you're a Celtics homer, but I I see the Suns winning. I yeah. I can't see them dropping this game. Um, not to mention the Celtics alongside like teams like the Lakers and the Knicks, they tend to be the type of team that like where players like go off for them for like career nights or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Suns are going to take that one. Um, moving on, we've got Bulls and Pacers. Bulls probably. Yeah. I'll go with the Bulls. Yeah. I've like kind of taken the Bulls as like my, uh, second team right now and honestly like might even be first like i watched the raptors a lot growing on but i wouldn't say it was like super attached to them or whatever it's just that due to like uh regional blackouts and like me not understanding like how to get like free streaming or whatever like the raptors for the most part was the only team that was on 
Uh, maybe that sounds a bit bandwagony, but I, I'd still say I'm like a Raptors fan at heart. But the Bulls are definitely like my second team at this point. Yeah. But I, I, I gotta go with the Bulls. I gotta go with the yeah. Bulls. Yeah, I'll go with the Bulls as well. Here's what I think about the Pacers. Their team entirely, they're solid. They've been playing very consistently. But here's the thing: it's consistently bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. They gotta make some moves, as we talked about on the, our previous episodes. They are going to look to move whether Sabonis or Miles Turner. Well, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Smart, they're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the Bulls. They have Levine back too, and he's been playing super well. So I can't see them dropping that game, even though it is in Indiana. Uh, moving on, Dallas is visiting Sacramento. Uh, you can never bet on the Kings. Never bet. That's the, that's the first rule of this podcast. Never bet on the Kings. Doncic has been out, but uh, you can still never bet on the Kings. Never bet. It's in Sacramento too, but I'm still not gonna bet on them. Oh come on! You know people are gonna be. Most fans are gonna be Sacramento wearing like Luka Doncic's jersey just to see him dressed up in a suit or not even be there. He was supposed to be drafted there too. Yeah, so they're they're gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if he'll be back in time for that game, but they're definitely gonna be a little saltier than usual if he's dropping like 40 points in their arena. What do you think? I'm gonna say Mavericks. I, I have to say Mavericks. Yeah, you, Part of it's just gotta the obey the rules, man. You can't, you can't bet. I gotta, I gotta obey my own rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, Heat and Rockets. Rockets have been looking uh, better. Obviously, they're still one of the worst teams in the league, but like they're putting up fights in games now. And it is in Houston. Do they really want to do well though? Or should they tank for the picks? That's true. Yeah, uh, but still, though, come on, Heat, man, come on. Yeah. Even though COVID's been a thing, uh, party city, but overall, they, they, they got so much depth in the squad, and that's what we always like for the Heat. They got rotation players that can do their job just perfectly fine, or even fill in the job for a starter. Yeah, um, and they're definitely, the of the East, like, top four, I would say they're probably the least talked about team right now, just because, like, the Nets have Durant, the Bucks have um, Giannis and the Bulls are like the new fun team in the East with DeRozan and Levine. Um, even with them acquiring Lowry, like Lowry's putting up, uh, Lowry's doing his thing, putting up more stats than what appears on the score sheet. He always does. Yeah, he always does. It's definitely the case again this season. We're going to take the heat on that for sure. Um, this next game could be close, mainly because one, it's in Toronto, and two, the Clippers don't have Paul George or Kawhi, but it is the Clippers in Toronto. Who you got for that? They do have Xavier Moon, though. You oh, have Xavier team. Moon. What if he dropped like, a bunch of points in Canada, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be interesting to see. Good for him. Good for the CBL. Three players caught up already. Yeah, I'm surprised. All, I- okay. All because of COVID. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's great for these players, but, uh, COVID's been a horrible situation yeah. on front, but uh, some players, you know, you win some, you lose some. I think in the future, too, though, we'll be seeing more CBL yeah. players coming to the league for non-COVID reasons. Like, I think exactly. it just took COVID for them to start looking there. But we the challenge is legit. We, we, like, we both interned for the Fraser Valley Bandits, and we had to, like, watch, like, a bunch of, like, raw game footage to um, – kind of put together some highlight reels and there's this one game they're playing against the stingers or whatever and every single clip is just xavier moon like putting putting the ball in the hoop pretty much every time he had some crazy games for the stingers he's won multiple mvps multiple championships there 
Professor um, X. Professor X, <laughs> yeah. But with that being said, um, I got to go with Raptors. Yes. Actually, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Raptors. I know they haven't been the best home team, but the Clippers are so decimated right now. Yeah, they don't the Raptors look are starting to get their players back. Like, I can't see them losing this game, but I think it'll be close. Yes, I, I think so, too. Uh, it's going to be a close match, but the Clippers just look worse than the Raptors right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've got the Atlanta Hawks visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers. And this is interesting because the Hawks have been underperforming this year and the Cavs have been overperforming and are still the five seed despite being almost halfway into the season. Who you what got? You, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Cavs because just because their defense and how dynamic they are on both ends of the floor. They're young, they're quick, they're athletic, they're motivated. And I think they just can, they're, they're, they got a grit to, to get it done on both ends of the floor. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna take the Hawks, honestly. I think with uh, Trey Young coming back from COVID and he's been playing well to start since he's returned, uh, I think, like, I can't see the Hawks not being a playoff team by the end of this year. And I think this around this time is when they started to turn around last year. Um, and Trey Young on the road is a killer. So I'm going to go with the Hawks. First. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. Trey Young we'll, on the road. We'll see. But also, like, they're, the Cavs are so tall that, like, they could just maybe, like, block the shit out of, like, everything Trey is doing. Lockdown. But we'll see. I'm still going to take the Hawks. Dynamic on both ends of the floor, especially defense. Young and athletic. You don't get that energy without older teams. You know, they save themselves for the, the playoffs. These young guys, though, you know, they're hungry. They want a big contract. Yeah, I'm, the Cavs are definitely one of the surprise teams of the year. Um, next up, we got the Knicks visiting the Thunder. I'm going to say... I'm going to... Like SGA has been going on a tear lately. That's the thing. Like that guy, that guy is awesome, and I can't wait till like either the Thunder are good or he's traded to a better team. Um, they are playing at home, and the Knicks have been kind of like underperforming this year. So, you know what? I'm gonna say SGA has another like killer game, and I'm gonna take the Thunder. Uh, I think I'm gonna take the Knicks just because the Thunders. I don't think they're that deep, and they have been proven like they've been beat pretty bad before, and. I, I just think they, they can overpower the Knicks. I think it depends, like, who is Lou Dort going to guard? That's the thing. Because if he's on Randall, like, that's going to be a problem. Because Randall, at times, has already struggled this season. And, like, Dort's, like, one of the most underrated defenders in the league. He's a great defender, but can he get it done on the offensive end, though? Shai's been carrying hard just because yeah, his team carrying hard on offense. He had some great games over December. He hit he hit that uh, crazy three against the Pelicans like half a second before the Pelicans hit their own crazy game winner. And then yes, the game sir. afterwards, he hit a three as time expired to win it. So SGA is on the come up for sure. But I, for the sake of being a contrarian here, will take the Thunder. Uh, moving on, we've got San Antonio visiting Memphis. I'm going to take Memphis on this. They've been another like really pleasant surprise. Although, like, People are surprised by the Grizzlies, but really, if anyone's been paying serious attention to them, they like should have seen this coming because this team is deep and young. Yeah. They've got so many great depth pieces um, and managed to withstand Jaw being out for a few weeks super well. 
I am going to be taking the exact same pick as you, the Grizzlies. They're just looking yeah. really good, strong and deep. Everyone has been doing their job. Young players, like no names doing their things. So yeah, no names making a name for this season's. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I think I think the only players at this point, like they, I, maybe not no names, but they got they got solid pieces. Dylan Brooks, you know, he'll yeah. get you some points. Um, I've been loving Desmond Bain this season yeah, for sure. Definitely, Desmond. partly because for someone whose last name is Bain, he is absolutely like as jacked as you would think. Like he's been like shooting the ball super well. Um, yes. he's been arguably their second best player this season, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's only yeah, a second. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, the Grizzlies, they're solidly the four seed too. Like, it's not like, just like, uh, like the cluster from like, uh, five to 11 and 12. That is like the Western right now. They are solidly the four seed. Um, like the Warriors, Suns and Jazz are clear top three. Then it's the Grizzlies. And then it's pretty much everyone else. They got um, a big four. The, they could I have think... home court advantage in the first round, which is nuts. Yeah. Their, their core is young. They can grow and. I just think overall a great situation for the for the Grizzlies, man. Wish they were here. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be fun for years to come. And I definitely wish they were in Vancouver now as well. Um Minnesota versus uh Utah. The game is in Utah. Uh I I'm gonna take Utah on this one. Just yeah. because like they've been like a pretty they've been really coming around. Their offense is like shooting at historic levels right now in terms of like efficiency. Um Edwards is they're out. Red they're red hot right now. So I'm going to take the Jazz. Yeah. And a lot of like injuries and COVID things going on with the, with the, with the Wolves' wall. I, I think, you know, as you, like we said earlier, the Jazz are more healthy. And when it comes to NBA, whoever is more healthy has a greater advantage, a, a crucial advantage, let's just be honest. So, yeah, yeah I'm with the Jazz. Yeah, me too. Um, and to close it out, it'll be uh, the Trailblazers visiting the Lakers. Who you got there? Ooh. Both you, teams have been underperforming big time yeah. this year. Both teams have been doing poorly. Uh, but I think overall, I, the Lakers are just more complete than the, than the Trailblazers. They got, who, they got Lillard doing his thing. And other they got the same squad but only worse than previous years. So I don't, I don't think they can hold the Lakers. Overall, the Lakers still just got more firepower than them. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't trust the Lakers. Like, they've, like they've lost five in a the, row. Cannot trust the Lakers, but still. Yeah. They lost five in a row prior to their win at Houston, and that, they barely won that game, even with LeBron having a 30-point triple-double and Russ had a 20-point triple-double and Malik Monk and Carmelo Anthony both put up 20 points too. They just turned the ball over so freaking much. Um, and then they're playing the Grizzlies tonight on the second end of a back-to-back. They're not winning that game. Yeah, um, I'd not. be shocked if they did. I, I just feel like... And Dame, like the- it's a type... The, pro- the main problem they have is this team cannot stop high scoring guards that's the main issue this team has i think in terms of like their defense yeah especially especially when the opposition got more than one score yeah and that's the thing about i think i'm sorry about about the trailblazer they only got damian lillard you shut them down you shut the entire team down yeah i just i don't know if they're going to be able to shut them down but we'll see i'm going to take the trailblazers on this one okay yeah i'm going to take the trailblazers i'm going to take the trailblazers sweet sweet 
Uh, it's gonna be a game. We'll see what's up on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, that concludes this episode of Talking Buckets. We will be back on our normal Saturday schedule starting next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Elijah Bolson. And I'm Tiger Ann. And we'll see you next time.